You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Facebook recently deleted the accounts of three researchers who were studying Facebook. More specifically, they were studying political ads and misinformation on the platform. The researchers who were part of the NYU Ad Observatory project built a browser extension that helped collect ad data, but Facebook said the tool violated user privacy. Laura Edelson, the lead researcher of the project, says that claim is categorically false. I wanted to understand how Laura's research works and what Facebook found so objectionable about it. So I called her. We talked about their research, their data, and what Facebook's decision means for the project's future. So hi, I'm Shireen Ghaffari, reporter at Recode, and I'm here with Laura Edelson, lead researcher at the NYU Ad Observatory. Laura, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, Shireen. So Laura, can you tell me a little bit about the NYU Ad Observatory? What is the work that you all do? What we try to do is take in basically all information that we can about Facebook political ads. We put them all together in one place where users and journalists can kind of take all that noise and find some signal. How do you actually get this data about what ads people are seeing? So the primary source that we get data from is Facebook's ad library API directly. So we take in information about all political ads and we run them through our analysis pipeline to do things like classify them by their topic or their intended purpose. And then we let people see dashboards uh, so that they can understand how a particular advertiser is trying to spread their message by geography or by topic or you know what spend over time looks like. The other primary source of data for Ad Observatory is our Ad Observer browser extension. So we have a browser extension that allows uh, people to share ads that they are shown on Facebook or YouTube with us. Uh, We then combine that information with information from Facebook's ad library so that we can present a more holistic picture of advertiser behavior. And then what was the problem that Facebook had with the research? What did Facebook end up doing to your research just this past week? So on Tuesday evening, Facebook suspended my account and also suspended the account of Damon McCoy and Paul Duke. Damon McCoy is my advisor at NYU and Paul Duke is our lead engineer. This had the effect of ending our ability to use the Ad Library API, which powers Ad Observatory, and our ability to use CrowdTangle, which is what powers our research into organic disinformation on Facebook. So what did that do to your ability to do your research? I mean, is that Facebook effectively cutting off your research group's ability to do its work? So what's weird about this is the answer is this doesn't in any way impact Ad Observer, our browser extension, which is what Facebook says they object to. But this actually does cut off all of our other research. This will end Ad Observatory, our public-facing website for understanding ad library data. 
this does cut off all of our work into organic uh, misinformation and disinformation. Yes. So it's not just the ads you're studying. You're also studying organic posts that people make, right? And essentially, they've cut off your tools to do that. That's right. We study vaccine disinformation on Facebook via CrowdTangle in partnership with the Virality Project out of Stanford. And uh, we've been studying partisan news misinformation for about a year now. So what we were trying to do in that research is disentangle the effects of partisanship and misinformation. So the thing is that it's entirely possible that far-right content, because of its partisan nature in some way, is just more engaging than other forms of partisan news content. That's possible. And it's possible that the overall advantage that we see for misinformation sources on Facebook is due entirely to partisanship because there is a partisan skew to misinformation and to misinformation providers. What our work was attempting to do is disentangle those two factors of partisanship and misinformation. So what I think is really important about that work is we showed that far-right misinformation has an advantage over far-right non-misinformation. And I think that is where there was something really distinct and frankly, a little frightening about what we found, because this isn't about partisanship. This isn't about, well, the audience for certain types of content is right or left. This is about the fact that misinformation, just misinformation, has an advantage over similar types of content. Right, right. Got it. So the idea is that misinformation spreads more than just plain old facts, right, or non-misinformation information on Facebook, correct? Specifically that it engages more. Engages more, which means people are sharing it, liking it, reacting to it more, correct? Exactly. And I think what is important about that is the fact that engagement is primarily what Facebook systems optimize for. Uh, to Mr. Zuckerberg, your algorithms use unseemly amounts of data to keep users on your platform because that leads to more ad revenue. Now, businesses are in business to make money. We all understand that. But your model has a cost to society. The most engaging posts are often those that induce fear, anxiety, anger, and that includes deadly, deadly misinformation. So are you willing to redesign your products to eliminate your focus on addicting users to your platforms at all costs? Yes or no? Congresswoman, as I said before, the teams that design our algorithms. No, I, and I think I, let me just say this, and it's I think it's irritating all of us. And that is that no one seems to know the word yes or the word no. Which one is it? If you don't want to answer, just say I don't want to answer. So uh, yes or no. What was the problem that Facebook said they had with your research? Specifically, what was the issue they had with this Ad Observer tool that you made? Facebook claims that Ad Observer violates user privacy. That's what they've said in their blog post. The thing is that what they mean when they say user privacy is advertiser privacy. They are taking the position that the advertiser name, the, the Facebook page of the advertiser and the advertiser name themselves are private user data. This is just, I think, a point where we in Facebook disagree. Those advertisers are Facebook users. That is absolutely true. However, in order to advertise on Facebook, your page has to be public. And we think that advertisers 
and ads are public information that the public has a right to see. And actually, Facebook tells advertisers this themselves. When an advertiser runs an ad, Facebook tells that advertiser that the ad will be public. So I talked to Facebook about this, and they said that, yes, they do consider advertisers users, and that seems like where you disagree. But they said that also they had concerns that even regular people, non-advertiser user data, was being wrapped up into the kind of data that your tool tracked. What do you say to that? They're talking about things like user comments on ads. That's not true. We do not collect user comments on ads. That's just categorically false. And you don't have to take my word for it. This is a really important point. And I think Facebook has a responsibility to ensure that people are accessing their systems in a safe way. And people shouldn't have to just take my word for this. That's why Mozilla did a privacy review of our browser extension twice. So first of all, you can go refer to that privacy review where I think all of this is laid out really clearly. And second, if you want to, and if you're interested, you can go to our GitHub repository and look at our code. Everything is public and you can verify that all this is true. So you already told me a little bit about Ad Observatory. Can you tell me why that work is important and why you were interested in looking at political ads on Facebook? So frankly, we are interested in political ads on Facebook because political ads on Facebook have a disinformation problem. There has been a persistent problem with disinformation and fake information in political ads on Facebook for years now. So Facebook has certainly taken many steps to try to improve the situation, but even the last election cycle, we were persistently finding problems. What kind of problems have you found? So during the last election cycle, we found problems that ranged from the fact that Facebook has, so Facebook has a policy that says that political advertisers who aren't candidates, they're not allowed to lie in their political ads. But the way that that wound up being implemented in practice, if a user identified an ad that had a false claim, Facebook would take down that one copy of the ad, but they wouldn't take down the other hundred because the way advertising works on Facebook, advertisers will create dozens or hundreds of identical copies of the same ad. That's just an implementation issue that, you know, allowed hundreds of thousands or millions of impressions to happen with fake news. So you essentially found an example of where Facebook said this ad was false and therefore needed to be removed, but was not taking down other copies of that ad. Exactly. Let me just ask a real yes or no quickly. Do you think that when you take money to run advertisements that uh, promote disinformation, that you are exempt from liability? Yes or no? Yes or no? Uh, yes, Section 230. Mr. Zuckerberg, yes or no? Uh, Congresswoman, I don't, I don't know the, the legal answer to that, but we don't allow misinformation in our ads. And any ad that's been fact-checked is false. We don't allow it to run as an ad. How about some of the other data that you've collected through this project that's been used to find flaws in Facebook systems? There's some stories that have resulted from your work about Facebook's failure to disclose people who pay for some political ads. Is that right? Yeah. Issues around disclosure are another persistent problem on Facebook's platform. In short, 
Facebook has taken the position that it's the advertiser's responsibility to correctly disclose who they are to Facebook users. And the problem is that while that works very well with honest advertisers, of which there are many, advertisers who seek to evade Facebook's transparency rules are largely speaking able to do that. If a Facebook advertiser doesn't want to tell users who they are, it's just not that difficult for them to evade Facebook's detection. So technically, all the ads are supposed to say where they're coming from, correct? All political ads are supposed to disclose who paid for them, yes. And why can that be a problem? Like, how was it, was was that deceiving people or are there examples where that could pose a real political issue? Well, I think something, again, that we have all discovered over the last five years is understanding who is paying to put political information in front of voters really does matter for public trust in elections. So to be clear, I don't think that Facebook is intentionally trying to allow political misinformation to fester on their platform, but I do think that they are not willing to sacrifice any of their business interests to make their platform more secure. And to me, one of the easiest to see examples of this is one of the long-standing non-disclosing advertisers. And we detailed this, by the way, in the security analysis we published last year of Facebook's platform is the Chinese government. So the Chinese government runs many ads on Facebook through its state-owned media enterprises. One you might actually be familiar with is called CGTV. Now, Facebook has a policy that says that state-owned media companies are not allowed to run political ads in the United States if they are foreign-owned, state-owned media companies. But overall, Chinese-owned media companies are really big advertisers on Facebook. So even though they occasionally run political ads and Facebook does take down those individual ads when they're caught, they've never acted against any of the state-owned enterprises themselves. Now, I can't say exactly why Facebook hasn't, you know, taken action against this advertiser, but I certainly can say that they've had plenty of opportunities to do so because that advertiser has been breaking Facebook's rules for years. So before I let you go, what's next for you and your research group? Well, honestly, right now we're just figuring out how we can keep our projects operating so that even if they're not owned and operated by us, at least they can still be available to the public. So right now we're looking for other custodians of our tools. And when we know who those folks will be, we'll definitely let you know. Sounds great. Thanks so much for being on, Laura. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I'm Shereen Ghaffari, and this is Recode Daily. This episode was produced by Sophie Lalonde and engineered by Paul Mouncey. Check out our show notes for more from Recode.